What's up? What's up? What's up, everyone? It's the Unofficial Controller Podcast. It's Sab RGT and with a special guest joining us today. But before we get into all that, we want to thank you so much for listening to this episode and giving us your time. You know, I've been a little MIA lately, so, you know, it's the return of the king, baby. Sab is back. But, you know, before we get triple into S, all- baby, Triple S, baby. <laughs> triple S is back <laughs> in the building, baby. But before we get into all that, thank you for listening. Um, George has been bitten by two snakes right in the eyes right now. So I have commandeered <laughs> control of the show. He will be back shortly, though. You know, I've I've told the the Fur K Corporation to heal him up proper. So he'll be back before you know it. But before we begin, thank you so much for listening. RGT. I got to say, we have a very special guest in the building. How excited Definitely. are you for for this episode? Very excited. Yeah, being being a collector myself, this is um, it's a sort of uh, side of collecting that I've never really gone down, but really want to get into. So I'm going to find this very interesting. Yeah, so I'm excited for our guest today. Definitely. And speaking of our guest today, we have the one and only Rob in the building. Rob, can you introduce yourself to the audience today? Hello, I'm Rob uh, from Raw Talent Art. Um, I uh, make custom consoles, uh, basically, and do lots of internal modifications. That that's being modest, man. You do some really cool work with some really cool, really cool co- like concepts and consoles. What is like? What's how did you come up with all this? Like, this is such a cool idea. Well, basically, I used to be an illustrator um, many years ago. Uh, that was a very hard uh, business to sort of do well in. I was bidding for jobs and um, you basically have to bid so low. It was not even viable financially. There'd be a lot of people that still live with mum and dad, so they could bid a lot lower than me. Um, and I just, you know, I, I fell out of love with it, really. Took a few years off and uh, I, I knew that something was missing in my life. Um, I've always been into art and and I thought, well, what are my two passions? And I thought, well, art and gaming. So I put them together, really, and uh, started doing a few uh, sort of test uh, projects and thought hmm, I could maybe make something out of this. And as the years went on, I got better and better at what I did and until I started thinking, well, I'll start selling them. And it all went from there. That's amazing. So yeah, I know you said your interest is in gaming. Like, what was some of the the games that got you like really interested in gaming? Oh wow! Well, I was born in 1981, so my first um, computer was the Commodore 64, um, and I remember playing a game called Barbarian. Um, mm. I think it was called Barbarian, and it was yeah, very I remember that. Um, that sort of kicked me off on. On, on to gaming and, and the usual sort of Pac-Man and all that sort of stuff. And uh, and then I got my first console, uh, which was the Sega Mega Drive, um, which is still my favorite console of all time. I've still got my actual original one. I've kept it um, ever since I was, I think I was probably about 10 when I got it uh, for Christmas. Um, came with Altered Beast, um, mm. which I didn't really like, actually. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> um, I didn't either when I got mine. <laughs> uh, it's... it's even in the arcade, I've played the arcade version. It's still not very good. But um, no. I quickly acquired Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, just absolutely loved that game. Uh, that kicked me off, really. Um, still play Sonic the Hedgehog today. I use it as a tester, tester game to test my modifications and stuff. 
um, try and beat times and see if I can collect every single ring and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I never seem to get bored of it. Um, and then the usual Streets of Rage, uh, Golden Axe, uh, those sort of games, they yeah, they really kicked me off on, on mm. the road. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. So um, before we begin um, all about your endeavors, all about the business, all about like uh, all about this really cool, innovative thing that you got going, I want to ask you, what have you been playing lately? I have been playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, oh, the- wow, what a game, yeah. It is, yeah, with my <laughs> nine-year-old. He's actually already completed it. <laughs> wow. How old is he nine? He's trying to ruin it for me. Um, but I've I've probably put in maybe about 10 hours total, and mm. I'm nowhere near completing it. He no. keeps giving me advice, go there, go here. But I'm more of a, an adventurer. I, I just like walking around, see what I find, um, where he's a bit of a completionist. He watches a lot of YouTube videos um and sort of does what they tell him i tell him he's cheating (laughs) um yeah i just i just like wandering around i like these open world uh type games with you know you turn a corner and there's a secret cave wonder what's in there you know i'm more of that sort of gamer where he wants to do the main missions and get Mm. to the end as possible so we're Mm. sort of different on that aspect but it Mm. sort of links it nicely together RGT, have you been playing Tears of the Kingdom a lot lately too? Yeah, still my main game. I'm now I'm 90 hours in so far. 90? So, <laughs> 90, yeah. Um, I've got 90, 90 shrines done. Okay. Um, I'm on about 20 hearts, I think I've got. Um, I've done two of the sages, so I've got two more sages to do. But I'm like Rob. Sword? No, not yet. Not oh, yet. So I, I should that. be... Yeah, I should be trying trying to get that soon. I think I think it's going to be my next next thing before I get the two next uh, good mission. next two sages done. Yeah, good. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely loving that. But I'm like Rob, you know, I spend it's ninety hours because I do explore. I like finding all the shrines. <laughs> I like doing them. And I mean, I spent I think when I started the game, I think I'd done the first two or three missions, and then I didn't do another mission for about fifty hours. <laughs> I was. <laughs> exploring um but yeah other than that um i don't know if you weren't on last week said but i've got a series x now what uh, congrats so i got the i got the trifecta today so i got the led switch got the uh, series x and the ps5 so i've been playing forza horizon 5 on there mm-hmm. uh, last week was about 30 hours i think i put a few in a few more in this week probably okay. pushing under 40 hours on forza horizon 5 superb game i mean that's you know open world racing games that's you know, it's the king of them all now, I think, Forza. That's the way it's gone. The way, as me and you have discussed previously with Need for Speed Unbound and games like that, it, they're nowhere near what, no. what what a Forza game is now. You know, so absolutely loving it. Yeah, absolutely superb. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of uh, retro stuff because um, I obviously I was away and I said to George last week, I, I visited a uh, cafe in Newquay called Retro Blast Coffee which is all arcade machines and high scores and bits. And I've been playing Frogger. <laughs> so been Frogger? Playing more, Frogger, yeah. Yeah, so I've been playing more Frogger on the Atari 2600. <laughs> okay. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's actually a decent port on the Atari, actually, even though... Um, hard as well. It is hard, yeah. I was, I was hoping to try and try and beat their high score at Retro Blast, but no. No way near on their <laughs> score. I think the score was up 30,000, and I was lucky if I got 10,000, so I weren't nowhere near their score. But, yeah, I've been playing that. Um, 
had a friend round the other night into the, the gaming shed. So we were playing. I got introduced him to Postal, which I played the other week. The the new as such game for Dreamcast, or one of the newer games for the Dreamcast and Wave Game Studios. So we were playing through that. Great fun again. Awesome game. Brutal game. Um, I wouldn't recommend What's that to play. About? I'm not about that. Postal is a is a old game from it was a PC port back in the day. Um, but Wave Game Studios in Norwich, um, who do Dream Dreamcast games, newer Dreamcast games, converted it over to the Dreamcast, and it's it's like an isometric um, shooter game. Um, but it's quite it's quite brutal. Um, it's basically, I think, the, the gist of the story is there's a there's an airbase nearby. This guy who's your character thinks that the airbase has leaked something into the public and turning them all going mad. And you're literally going through killing all the hostiles, <laughs> making your way to the airbase to to stop them. But whether that's actually him losing his mind or whether it's actually happening is is up to you to decide. But um, okay. yeah, and I say it's 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 a brutal game. I think it was quite controversial back in the day. Um, I think you, I think there might not even have been a few bands from certain countries. But anyway, they they got it back up, <laughs> set, published it for Dreamcast. Brilliant, brilliant version of that. Um, I also picked up, I haven't started it yet, um, I can't remember what it's called, I got Rush Rush Rally, which is, uh, uh, I can show you, I know it's not good for audio, but I'll show you on the screen, it's another one Wave Game Studios have done um, for the Dreamcast, um, so I haven't opened it yet, so I'm looking forward to playing that this week, um, so I'll give that a go and let you know next week, um, but that's pretty much what I've been been playing um, this week, how about you Seb, what you've been playing? Oh man, um, I've been playing. I bet a... you've been playing some indies, haven't you? We've oh seen yeah, for a couple of weeks. So you're <laughs> bet there's a line of indies you've been playing. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I've been playing one of the most bat crazy games I think I've I've played in a very long time called Pizza Tower. Have e- either of you heard of it? Pizza Tower. I think well, I've heard of that somewhere. Oh my goodness! Like this is, uh, you know, like I know I kind of like. I, I kind of say this quite often. Like, I can see this being indie game of the year. Like, it is absolutely, oh, really? yo, man, it is absolutely crazy. It combines a lot of elements from Mario, Rayman, it, all in a warrior where. Oh, that was type. surprising. I thought you were going to say it was with Pizza Tower. I thought you were going to say it was like a puzzle sort of. Yeah. 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 No, it is like a zany platformer to where it combines like a lot of the elements from uh, Mario and, and like Rayman, but with, um, a lot of a lot of like Wario wear type zaniness or Wario um type zaniness. So it's like every level uh, every level in this game is um a speed run, so to speak. It's almost like a speed run challenge. But the the general gist is the Wario ness of the the game is like every level is a different gameplay mechanic. So like instead of you just running like like traditional Mario style through like through a level you know you do the mario thing of jumping on jumping on your enemies you know upgrading your abilities and such they change the thing so there might be a level with zero gravity to where like you have to kind of learn how to maneuver in, in like that kind of thing oh, okay there might be a level to where like you only like you can jump but you like to really es- to really elevate yourself through the platform mechanics you have like a chicken hook and like you throw a chicken and like with a rope on it and that chicken attaches <laughs> to different things and you, and you have to swing yourself around with this chicken um there might be a level yeah exactly it does it has a really cool sound mechanic as well it is like 
Yeah, it, there's so many different mechanics. And just when I think like, okay, like I have no idea what they're going to pull out next. They pull out something that I didn't think what they were like completely capable of in this type of game. And that is the, the loop every single time. It's like every level is a different challenge and also like a different gameplay mechanic. So I'm like, it's really hard to to almost predict the future in this game because mm. like they, not only do the enemies change, but the, the scenery changes. Not only does like... And Mario, I feel like Mario always does, like, especially 2D side of things, it always does an innovative thing to where, like, you kind of, it just adds on mechanic after mechanic, but it's also adding on, like, um, the mechanic on top of the pre-existing, like, layer of information that you already have. So, like, mm. in the first three levels, they give you, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's always raising the bar, but it's always raising you on top of what you already have. In this game, it strips down all your abilities and gives you just one or two abilities per level. And so you always Ooh, are adapting on the fly. And yeah, it is. And the crazy thing is you're speed running this as well. So like, and you get graded on how well you can complete this level, how quickly you can complete each and every level. So it's like quite panicky. Yeah, it is. It is. But at the same time, it is the music, the environment, because like the whole game looks like a 90s rock, like a Rocco Modern's Life type cartoon yeah. and such like that. It has a very like very distinct 90s art style and like all the things that are happening are very like low 90s poly kind of um environment and it's just crazy. I can't I can't like emphasize that enough. It is the most crazy game I've played this year, but it it has a hook, man, and that mm. hook gets you and it doesn't let you go. I suppose it's on that speed that running side of it as well. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. What was that, Rob? What system is that on? Um, I believe I played it on PC, but I believe it might be for everything now. Um, everything. I know I'm. Um, let's see. Let me make sure. Yeah, it's PC. Um, I know like the developers are planning on putting this specifically on Switch and stuff like that. Yes. And this is like a great Switch title. This this feels yes. like it belongs on the yes. indie section, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's perfect for Switch it, as well, especially if it's that sort of quick pick up, do a level, put mm-hmm. down. You know, if you're on the go, that's perfect for the Switch. Yeah, I, I would say to the listeners, if you liked Wario Land, but you want to play like a platformer like Mario or Rayman, you should definitely check this game out. It is, it it's addicting. It, it really is. Like I, I thought when I first played this, I'd just pick it up, play it for like maybe four or five hours and such like that. I legitimately played eight hours in, in one day and i thought to myself i'm like wow. yeah yeah i'm like i i don't think i can stop like i i had to completely walk away that thing is like that thing will get you and, and not let you go and so I I, it wasn't expensive either oh no i mean uh, full disclosure i got a review code for the for the outlet but like i think this game is it currently is 25 um, percent off on steam i think making it let me look it up um Fourteen ninety nine, like fourteen ninety nine, right now on Steam. So it is. Yeah, it's one. It's one of those games that I'd highly recommend for people who are looking for a platformer. Because like, right now, I'd probably say like the platforming genre is like the only genre that hasn't necessarily broken out on the AAA level this year. Like everything else is yeah, kind of true, like yeah. yeah, everything else has kind of been like oh, we have like 
fighting game fans are eating like feasting this year with um Tekken, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, like mm-hmm. you horror game fans and survival horror games with Resident Evil Dead Space and now Alan Wake 2 coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Adventure games are or adventure games with Zelda and, and Diablo are feast you know, like feasting. So it's it's really this feels like a no-brainer for platformer of the year at this point because I quite frankly the the there's no like competition there and it's that good so mm. uh, yeah. surprised me that uh, a lot of the AAA developers haven't got back to a platform style I think they'd be successful I mean you know they they took Metroid back to, you know Metroid Dread back mm-hmm. to that sort of platform and you know took it back to its roots and that done really well I mean I'd love to see like another 2D Castlevania or something like that come out it would be fantastic Have you played the um uh the circle of the moon um it's like a a take on castlevania um i think it was oh. done by one of the developers of castlevania but it's very similar yeah um, I, I have played uh i don't know if it's the same people i did play bloodstained i played yeah that's yeah i think yeah oh no no is that the same one i'm not sure i think they done two i think they done bloodstained and then they done curse and a moon i think which was that's right yeah they done two yeah but i did i have yeah, played excellent. the first one yeah very good they they do have that vibe definitely, mm-hmm. and you sort of think you know Konami and people like that are missing out really because they, they must be kicking themselves because they got an IP there that they could they could bring back and, and do really well with that. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Capcom cares that much about like um, mm. publishing games like that anymore. Like they are, I know that they announced Metal Gear Solid, but I think that's even an outsourced project right now. They mm. haven't. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like um when um, PlayStation did um the dark the demon souls remake they had blue point at the helm mm-hmm. of, of actually doing that so right now um it is it, it'll be very interesting i think this is a different capcom than the capcom of, um, of old but i know they're trying to get back into the gaming first a little bit but right now i feel like still the the pachinko machines and arcade machines are kind of like their primary focus mm-hmm. right now yeah definitely yeah, yeah. definitely but yeah, outside of um, Pizza Tower, I've been playing a little game called AEW Fight Forever. It is a wrestling, um, mm. pro, pro wrestling game inspired by like the old school arcade wrestling games like WWE mm. No Mercy and, and such like that. That's been a, that's been a fun time. So between those two and a couple of, um, a couple of games that I got, um, for review. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, been playing a lot. It's, I've been feasting over here as well. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now mm. oh good oh brilliant oh fantastic so yeah we've had a good lineup of games there but i think yeah um let's... i think let's jump into um learn a bit about rob really we'll learn a bit about your your first computer and your c64 and barbarian bits and pieces like that um and um obviously your illustrating work i mean was it do you are you still in that line of work now illustrating or no no, no. i mean I, I do a bit on on my consoles when i customize them i sometimes do a bit of hand painting and stuff um mm. if the customer wants it um but it's it's just time you know mm. um, 
time constraints yeah. campaign so was, take longer what was the uh you know the first console you'd done and what gave you the idea to do it Ooh, I, f- I think the first the first one i ever done i think was either a ps1 oh actually i think i think the ps1 was my first commission and then that was a doom ps1 it's on my instagram um mm. I'll give links to in a bit but uh if you scroll all the way down you'll, you'll probably see it um but i think the first one i did myself was was a turtles nez um oh, okay yeah i mean they're nothing to look at now <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I look back on it and i'm like oh my god maybe i should delete that picture but but then i think no because it shows my progression to, to where yeah. i am at now um you know i use completely different materials now different type of paint and mm. clear etc but um different techniques but but yeah i think i did a the turtles one um had had like a sewer lid on it and and all the characters with um like linear lines of color for for each character like um but yeah it wasn't it wasn't great but so is it is it just um i mean especially as you've progressed to where you are now is it just something you've self-taught yourself from day one or have you you've never had you know any anyone help you or show you what to do you just you completely no, self-taught uh, yeah completely um learned the hard way really mm. uh, lots of time lots of money um lots of uh I, I basically bought a load of um like ruined shells to practice on um mm. i just found out what type of paint was was best for what i wanted to do it's basically exactly the same as you would paint a car but on a very small scale so i now use solvent based um paint and 2k clear coat which is um one is clear paint and the other half of it is is hardener so it's exactly Mm. the same you get on a car Mm. um so that durable um shiny finish which i still have to cut and buff to to bring out the the, the high shine Mm. um a lot of work involved but but yeah before it was just rattle cans off a shelf type thing um mm. which isn't great um and especially if you're going to put 2k clear coat on it it reacts to it you know it's mm. science really so it took me a long time to to work out what materials went with which um and what works best for me you know i could say to someone all use this and it wouldn't work for them but mm. it worked for me like in my mm. style and what i wanted to do so there is no right, right and wrong way. It just depends what you're going for, really. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you you find what you like and how you like to do it the best, and that's, you know, and that's your your artwork, so to speak. That's your designs, yeah. and you know, and but yeah, I love you know, especially a lot of your designs with the with the clear coat on. It makes them pop so much. The shine on them is fantastic. Yeah, you know? it gives a, a bit of a premium feel to them definitely you know? definitely that's what i was looking for premium definitely they I do look that they look I fantastic more sort of um stylish um outcomes mm. uh, i don't like i mean i do do a few quirky bits and bobs if i'm asked to but my my goal is to make them premium and classy i guess the mm. worst is it is um that's what i always go for mm. um i've seen some others about um you know, there's some good ones, there's some bad ones, but uh, 
everyone's different and everyone mm. likes what they like. And luckily, a lot of seem, people seem to like what, what I do. So, mm. it's, so it's do good. you do, um, obviously, on your, your Etsy shop store, you you have um, your designs on there. Do you just do a set certain designs or do you do custom work that people ask for separately? Yeah, or? on my Etsy, um, that's the place where I advertise like my repeat designs that people can pre-order. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're sort of made to order. Um, there is a few on there that are ready to ship, but um, I've got to the point now where my time has to be booked in advance. Um, mm-hmm. I think my next availability for a private commission is sort of beginning, end of August, beginning of September. Mm-hmm. Um, my next availability for, if, if say you come up to me and said, oh, I want this mm-hmm. this way. I wouldn't be able to do it till then because of my, my current orders. But yeah. um, the ones that are on Etsy are sort of halfway done. So when mm. they're ordered, I can quickly jump on it and get it out as quick as I can without compromising on quality. Yeah. Um, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's a good idea. I have been delayed quite a lot this year just due, due to some family um, issues that I've had to mm. deal with, which put me back a lot. Um, a lot of customers have been. Uh, really good about it some haven't um mm. they want it now they don't care mm. about life problems and you know they just see me as a robot and where's my console you know yeah i think some people see see him on online and think right well that's i'll have that one that's the one i'm getting that's done whereas yeah. i think a majority of people i think realize that it is custom it is artwork it needs to be done and, it, and it's done at a very high standard which Not unfortunately no, and a high standard basically means it's time-consuming. So, yeah. and I think you know, if people sit down and think realistically, you'd rather wait a few more weeks and have that premium yeah. product you want. So, yeah. you know, that's you know, that's with part the, of course. The, um, with the made-to-order ones, it's I either ask for four to six weeks or six to eight weeks, and um, from mm-hmm. the time they they purchase, sometimes they're done before then. But I've I've got to give myself leeway just in case problems arise which they do yeah um, mm. otherwise you know you get quite behind which which i am a little bit at the minute but mm. like i said the customers are are um appreciative of of what i've been through um mm. so it's uh yeah i'm just on a bit of a catch-up uh, mm. mode at the minute but obviously i don't want to compromise on the quality either you know no. if you brush it it will spoil so yeah I mean, I know obviously each design's different, probably different, you know, in time scale of you getting getting that design done. But what would yeah. you say is your average sort of time scale for doing a console? So I would imagine that's quite time consuming with well, the process. Yeah, I mean, the actual physicalness of doing it isn't that time consuming. It's it's the the drying and curing times in between the stages. Um, you know, before you even start any painting it's got to be completely disassembled cleaned prepped scuffed Mm. up um and then apply the primer you know then the base coat then any uh, detailing then clear coat um you know you've got to let a layer dry a bit then another layer i usually put about three layers on and then you've got Mm. to cut and buff it back um you know there's a lot of stages of development and in between Mm. each stage you know, you have to wait a while for it to properly cure and dry. Um, if you rush it too much, it will just react and ruin, and you have to start again. So, mm. I imagine it's quite hard with, <laughs> yeah. And I suppose with consoles like 
you know, the original PlayStation with those little grills on the side, if you're cutting back and you've got to get in each of those little grills to cut yeah. that back, it must be quite a fiddly time consuming job to get the, the overall, you know, look of the console to make sure that, yeah. you know, nothing is missed or, yeah, you know, it must be quite fiddly work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It can be, especially if I'm hand painting parts as well. Mm. Um, there's, you know, some, and it, it's, it's the, the environment you're doing it in as well. I mean, I've, I've got a, a, a drying a shed and a painting shed um and if mm-hmm. it's a horrible rainy day you know i'm transferring one to the other um mm. it's it's very difficult if it's too hot and humid the paint can dry too quickly on top um and but underneath the paint won't dry as quick um so it's it's the environment it's a science you know mm. how the paint reacts to the temperatures and humidity and you know it's t- taken a long time to learn what to do when and what not to do in certain mm. um, conditions. So, you know, I, I try and do as best I can and hope for this enough, really. Mm. So question for you. I know you do um, consoles. Do you also do like controllers as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, controllers are very popular. Um, often if someone buys uh, like a, a console from me, they'll say, oh, can I have a matching controller? And, you know, I can do that as well. Um, obviously, it, extends on top of the time but um mm. yeah I have, uh, I have controllers as well um even apart from consoles i've i've done work for other people like hairdressers i've customized their um clippers um <laughs> oh wow I, I know i've done wing mirrors and stuff for cars um various car parts it's all the same process just a different shape mm, um, yeah I've done, um motorbike fenders uh i've done frames for for cycles bikes you know it's like i say same process same materials different shape mm. um done wheels for people as well car wheels uh yeah it's, anything can be done really but i obviously specialize and advertise the, the consoles so mm. on the console side of things what do you think your craziest order has been so far <laughs> i get asked that quite a lot it's yeah uh, i figured embarrassing and i never posted a picture of it um <laughs> A few few years ago, uh, this lady girl, I think she was in her 20s, um, she ordered a PlayStation 1. And I thought she was joking at the time. She wanted uh, a picture of Gary Barlow's face <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the circle of the PlayStation. And, and I sort of, you know, put the wow. laughing emoji, ha, ha, ha. And she's like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, okay, um, yeah, sure, I can do that. Um, yeah uh you know how do you want it and she wanted it black and white and she sent me the image she wanted and stuff and i got it done and sent it to her and um never thought or tried never to think of it again but i never like i say i never posted a picture of that <laughs> that's an unusual okay. combination because I don't, I don't see what links Gary barlow would have to a playstation but then i suppose if she listened to his music but I think her partner was a fan or something like that, if I can remember. Ah, and it was okay. Present or something like that. But yeah, it was it was very very random. But um, I got it done, and she was happy. So that's that's all I can do, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, fantastic. I've you done know. a game um, with like manga porn on it as well. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, <Yeah. laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah, just yeah. I can do anything. I won't say no to anything, but 
doesn't necessarily mean I'll show it on my socials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're two very different uh, products there. A PS1 with Gary Barlow on and a GameCube yeah. with Manga Porn on. It's yeah. very different. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So I, so I got to ask you, like, um, has anyone ever sent you, like, a console or controller for you to do? Or do you do you always just, like, is it they always just pick out of what you have available? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I try to stock most things like the popular stuff okay um people are welcome to to send me their their consoles or shells you know obviously it reduces the cost for them mm-hmm. but what i always say to people is i almost i don't like painting on shells that are pristine i'd rather they stay that way um i prefer yeah. to do shells that need a bit of tlc that have got scratches in them or dents that need filling um so it gives them a new lease of life Okay. Um, because sometimes people come to me oh, I've got this really good condition shell that I want and I'm like whoa 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 I'll supply the shell you keep that because mm. that deserves to stay in that condition mm. not many out there that are in that condition um, so you know I'll supply the shell and you can fit it blah 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 mm. and usually they say oh okay I thought you needed you know pristine condition shells but it's quite the opposite you know I do like to give them a new lease of life um but you know if someone insists then that's their console they can do what they like but <laughs> you know i do i do try and say would you rather keep it like that you know mm. I, I know you have um you do a lot of retro things have you done a lot of modern um consoles like, like with the the ps5 face plates for instance i mean yeah, ps5 place face plates um i've done uh, a, a series x as well um they just they just wanted a simple color change really um, yeah i think it's extravagant um ps5 i've done three or four face plates mm. um again just color changes because you can get you can get different colored uh face plates from sony but they only have a select amount of colors um, yeah there's only six of them so yeah I, I can put like a really nice sparkly silver on with with like oh, a, wow. a pearl sheen or just a different type of finish, you know, all shiny and instead of just a flat matte color, you know, it's mm. something a bit different. Or I use the, the chameleon flip paint. So, you know, the, the paint you get on like a TVR car, which changes color as you move it. Um, oh, yeah, I think that, you had a PS1 like that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. That was amazing. That was yeah, sort popular of that purple design. sort of flip. Yeah. It's called Blurple, which is a mixture of two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it flips between blue and purple that people seem to like that uh ps1 i sell i sell quite a few of them it's uh it's one of my popular popular orders um yeah I, I, I mean my paint supplier can basically do anything um mm. so uh, it's uh whatever anyone wants and i always make suggestions to people as well you know if they say oh, i want a white playstation I'm like, okay but have you thought about pearl white instead of just white because that mm. gives a nice sheen to it and you know I, I make recommendations and usually they go for it really mm. i think you call it upselling <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think so rgt you hear that you can get nathan drake's face on the on your ps5 do you know mm-hmm. i've just written in my notebook you, what, what was it nathan drake on my ps5 exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> i've written that down here exactly uh, as, soon, as soon as you said you done ps5 I was like mm-hmm. really Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be in, texting in you later, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you know it'd be really cool to do like um almost like the all the protagonists in like a collage style like where you have like nathan drake like um miles um peter you can do like um jin sakai from like um ghost of tsushima and all that Mm. kind of stuff and i'll have like all the major protagonists from the ps5 era on a faceplate like on two different faceplates on both sides of the console i'm like you're giving me ideas as well action so it's like the the so they almost look sketched um, yeah the, the outlines mm. is all sort of one color for each character and a bit more arty i always i always try and put more arty effects in it rather mm-hmm. than just a picture stuck on a surface i try and make it a bit more uh, designy and and different um, yeah yeah that's a good idea I'm into color as well so i like to add a lot of color in and i think like that as well it makes it more individual as well if, yeah. if it's an image if it's an image that someone has seen all the time you, you you're gonna know the image but if it's something that's slightly different you think oh that's that's good that's a, you know that's yeah. a different version of that character and it makes it more personal then yeah yeah i don't usually like um using images that are, are widely known you know mm. if i do i try and alter it or um, mm. do something different with it um yeah that's good because it stands out more you know it's definitely yeah like, like you see all these custom consoles going around for zelda and they've got a triforce slapped on it and and it's done you know that's i'm like it's so boring like you know mm. it's been done to death and I, I try and i try and go further with it and add my own own take on it and uh you know it's, I, I i just try and try to do things that are different you know? I like that. I like that. I have um a question for you. Have you ever tried to do stuff? Have you ever had an order where a customer wanted things to make it like a console to look wooden? Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Uh, funny enough, I'm, I haven't had someone ask, oh no, no, actually... Sorry, scratch that. I've got a commission coming up, which I start in about a month's time. Um, they want a, a Dreamcast, um, but done in like a, a Jack Daniels um, barrel. Oh, like wow. Cool. So you've got the um, like a, a stamp on in the wood of the of the JD logo. Um, That's like cool. it's, uh, what do they call it? Branding. They brand the wood. And then the rest of it will be um, in a wood grain uh, sort of texture mm. uh, so yeah, yeah i have been asked to do that and i've also in the past which i haven't finished i've got so many unfinished consoles that i've started and had to put back because i get orders and stuff but i'm, I'm in the process of doing an n64 and, and the base uh, the bottom half of it uh has real wood um paneling going around it oh, so wow. like half of it will be wood and maybe the top half will have a metal effect um just just thinking outside the box you know mm. um, but the, it's actual real wood veneer that i've applied to the bottom um, oh, so that's, all, that's also sort of a new process for you to learn as well i suppose and a new yeah, skill yeah, I mean, going forward 
veneer and then you can sort of cut it um and and apply it to the to the flat panels and whatever um but mm. it's it is quite difficult <laughs> yeah i bet and you have to stain it as well you know whatever um would would affect you want you can stain it the different colors uh, mm. so yeah it's something that's in the works along with many other projects <laughs> well, i also notice um you also do the you know the mods as well on the systems now so is that um what what sort of the list of mods that you do do to your custom consoles now? um you name it i can do it um i haven't done every single mod available ever but i'm you know not picking myself up but i'm quite competent with a soldering iron mm. and i've got um, i've got my own uh, i mean i'll show you here i've got um my solder station and and the soldering gun and um everything like that uh but i generally for them for the mega drive i can do like region free mods um switchless so you just hold down the reset button and it changes regions um from 50 to 60 hertz um i can do what's called the triple bypass on the mega drive which takes the video and sound signals and amplifies them makes them better more crisp more colorful gets rid of the jail bars and all that horrible stuff um hdmi mods i've done for dreamcast playstation one uh, n64 uh, wii um lots of rgb mods again for the n64 um i've done pc engine uh you name it i've either done it or can do it mm. you know um i'm actually i've got a i've got a, a nes board here um which is actually a new brand new motherboard um and it's it's got the chips from the nes on it but everything else is brand new so all the capacitors all the resistors the motherboard is is brand new um so i'm working on that at the minute to build the new nes um, oh fantastic that's cool and I'll, I'll put an rgb mod on that as well it'll have a new power supply um module on it as well so it'll yeah basically be a brand new nes um in a custom yeah. shell that's pretty because I mean a lot with my collection, a lot of the older consoles is is capacitors that's getting them replaced yeah. and I'm sort of yeah, halfway through. Yeah, I'm sort of halfway through getting all mine done. I've got a local guy who does it, but that is, you know, having a new version, not that NES with a new board. Mm-hmm. I mean you're fu- you're future proofing it then. You've got a NES that will especially with how good capacitors are nowadays, exactly. you know, they're completely different to the originals. You've got a you've got a NES that will last you for years. Yeah. You and know, every was... every chip on it is socketed as well. So if one chip was to fail, mm. you can pop it out and put a new one on it. Mm. Um, so it's kind of future proofing it, you know. Yeah, it's a fun project. Yeah. It's very time consuming, but it's um, it's good. And even even on the the cartridge slot, um, isn't a standard NES cartridge slot. It's actually soldered to the motherboard. Um, oh, okay. So so it eliminates you know, that the horrible problems you have with NES, you yeah. don't push the cartridge down. It just slots in like a normal cartridge and it yeah. works every time, um, you know, forever. Uh, so you don't need to worry about replacing the horrible cartridge slot, which is a big problem with NES. Mm. Um, you can refurbish them, but again, it, it doesn't last, you know. So I suppose if, if someone wanted the, the full Monty with you, they could get, you know, for instance, PS1, they could have mm. a HDMI mod on, they could have the custom shell, controller you know they yep. could go for the full works for that and really have you know uh an updated modern old console which is unique looking as well exactly that's that's what i like to go for um mm. you know it's obviously it's costly but um 
it's it's a really unique piece. Um, yeah, and I think with you know, I've got CRTs. They're getting expensive now. They're getting harder to find. Yeah. You know, I, I also have a Retron 5 as well, which is which is handy, you know, if you want to play or capture footage bits and pieces on an HD TV. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that want to play the original hardware, that is the way forward, I think. These yeah. these mods and these HDMI, you know, just to bring it up to the your TVs nowadays, because, you know, on our TVs nowadays, we only have H- HDMI ports on. That's all mm-hmm. they have nowadays, you know. So that, And a lot of modern TVs don't support, like, 240p. Um, mm. Or even from ATP. So even mm. if you, you know, manage to get it in somehow um, with a converter or whatever, it just can't pick up the signal because it, it can't mm. do the, the old, um, um, you know, picture qualities, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, it's just the way it is. HDMI mods um, is the way to go. Really, if the console can get an HDMI mod, then I'd definitely recommend it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So where, have you got anything um, new in the pipelines? Any new things you're going to try? I know you were saying about the the wood you were trying on the N64, but is there anything else you, you feel like you might have a go at? Um, I'm working on a clear, because you can get a replica shells for most consoles now. Mm-hmm. And I've found a replica N64 shell, um, which is actually really good quality, um, but it's completely clear. Um, oh, so I'm, I'm going to do, I've already done one before, but I'm going to do slightly different, like a Tron um, sort of style. So it'll have, it'll be painted, but certain sections won't be painted. So oh, wow. when I put the LEDs inside, it will light up the bits that aren't painted. Um, mm. Like the pattern will shine up like like Tron lines and stuff. Um, oh, that's good. I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, I've, it's, to be honest, in between my commissions and orders, I don't get a lot of time to do what I want to do. And mm. um, like I say, I've got a few bits laying around that are half started, half finished projects. Um, and sometimes I completely forget about them. Then I'll dig it out and go, Oh yeah, I forgot I was doing that. And then I'll get mm. back into it. But uh, yeah, I, I tend to stick mainly um, to the mega drive, SNES, NES, uh, Dreamcast, PlayStation, um, they're the sort of staple. Oh, and GameCube. They're the sort of staple ones that I know will sell. Mm. Um, and obviously, I'm a business, so I have to do what sells. But uh, yeah, but trends change um, all mm. the time. You know, one month I'll get a lot of orders for a SNES. Next two months I won't get one, and then it'll be Mega Drive's turn, and it goes round in circles. What people mm. are into. Um, so it's just making sure that I've got enough stock to deal with that, or like I say, people can send in their their console. Um, but so, I got out um, of Game Boys a long time ago because the market's just completely saturated with that. Yeah, I was just going to ask you for them if you do um, handhelds. In the past, but there's just no money in it. You know, mm. uh, it's not all about the money, but it's it's just not worth it for me. Mm. Um, you can get decent replica shells now um, that people print off and stuff. It's there's yeah, I got out of that. If someone really wants me to, I will, but I don't advertise to do it. Mm. I suppose you could do a lot of custom spray job on a shell if if someone needed, you know, or unique bit of, you know, artwork that's personal to them, I suppose you could do. But yeah, yeah, as far as far as the modern scene, I mean, even on YouTube, Game Boys are everywhere with the IPS screens and the the button packs and the shells. And then there's videos of how to do it. And, you know, so it's, yeah, I suppose you're stuff these days is you can do yourself it's just literally 
take it apart and pop it in and it's done. Yeah, oh, there's wow. a plug and play, yeah. Required now or anything like that. A lot of the mod kits is, is just drop-in replacement stuff, you know, like a new screen, it just literally drops in and you connect it and that's it. Mm. Um, whereas a few years ago, there was a lot of soldering involved and desoldering and it was it was far more specialised. But now the mods have gone so far that, like I say, they're, they're just dropping replacements that, you know, any anyone can do. So I kind mm. of got out of that a couple of years ago. Um, but like I say, if someone really wants me to do something, then I will. Um, mm. Whatever anyone wants. Have you ever have done um, any PCs or anything? Or No, I've not done PCs. I've done Amigas. Um, they're getting oh, popular wow. Oh. Yeah, a few uh, custom Amiga shells for people, uh, custom keys as well. Um, yeah, that's I've got a, a few Amiga six hundred and five hundred shells that I want to um, get mm. sprayed up and, and offered. And um, again, it's the time constraints. Yeah, but that's that's getting really popular now. So I want to. I bet, I bet keys are quite fiddly to do. Mm-hmm. Very. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Applying all the individual letters and numbers. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you can you can get replacement keys now, um, and you know they are quite decent quality. So, mm-hmm. but obviously, if someone wants the keys in a specific color or style or fashion, um, that can be done. But time is money, so mm-hmm. you know the more you want done, the more costly it will be. Yeah. So uh, one 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 idea I did have was to almost use the keys as a mosaic. So you oh, still have, really cool. but you'd have a picture spread across the oh, keys okay style, um but still have the letters and numbers visible um so you don't get confused by the picture that it's, sounds uh, very tricky to do yeah yeah it's it's still in the brain it's it's not a it's not a physical thing yet but it's mm. something i'm ticking over wondering how to do it and can it be done it, it can definitely be done mm. but it's uh, yeah finding the opportunity to do it really I have a question. Um, I have a friend um, who collects um, different like retro um, consoles, but they don't necessarily want to play with them. For instance, they just usually want to like hang them up. They, they use them as like decor sort of thing. Like they have like a they have like a whole bunch of different shelves that they put retro consoles on, and it's almost like um, they kind of have like different styles and everything like that. But all they have like a uniform to where each one kind of has like their their like streaming logo on it and such like that is that stuff is like um i know you when you buy like shells and stuff is that something you can do as well just like just customize the shells without necessarily having to put in like the guts and the parts and such and all that yeah yeah yeah. i I, even on my etsy i i sell um i'm beginning to sell more just shells rather Mm -hmm. than the whole console Mm -hmm. um because like you say sometimes someone doesn't want a whole console they don't want any mods they just want to replace the shell on their current console and, and that's it so yeah i do offer um just shells and I, ha- I have got shells of most consoles um that, that i can just sell as as a shell kit you know it's uh something i'm doing and want to want to pursue a bit more so um how do you go about getting your stock do you just find like faulty consoles or do you find sort of you know a bit beaten and battered consoles that you can use for for your designs or i have a couple of uh main suppliers um Mm -hmm. i've got a supplier that they're both in the uk but one of them gets uh, a lot of consoles from japan um uh so i can get like the ntsc stuff for him so i I sell a lot of stuff to america as well Mm -hmm. um 
and I have a, a supplier in Norwich uh, who runs Last Level Games. Oh, yeah, um, I know Last Level. I've been there a few times, yeah. He's a good friend, um, and he's always got stock of stuff. And if he's got mm. stuff that he won't necessarily sell, he says, look, I've got this console. It's got a crack or a whatever. It still works. Do you want it? And often I'll say yes. Or I'll just mm. go to him and say, I need five mega drives, what you got, you know. He's often got what I need. Um, so I've got a couple mm. of suppliers. If I haven't got something I need, then eBay, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll have a look through eBay. Um, mm. But you never really know what you're going to get on eBay. So, you know, you no. can get stuff quite easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the bargain's a bit rare on eBay now. I think sometimes you get something that's overpriced that isn't what is said in the description. Yeah. Or, you know, rarely will you find a bit of a gem that you've got underpriced. I mean, people have, exactly. you know, everyone's cottoned on to what, what retro stuff is is worth now and nine times out of ten quality stuff a bit more because Mm. at least at least if it doesn't work there's spares on the board i can use or at least i know i've got the shell for it yeah exactly you've got the shell in and you're you know and faulty stuff you can usually get for a decent price Mm. Um, and the more battered the cheaper it is and like i say i like using battered shells so Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it saves them from the, the scrap heap and, and, yeah. and you're not you're not you know if there's one that's in mint condition you don't feel bad about repainting one that you know could be kept as it is so that's an yeah. all-win really mm-hmm. so um we obviously we met at ol 23 mm-hmm. this year um which was yeah great event you had a brilliant little stall there with all your you know consoles and shells on display are you lining up any more conventions or shows this year or not this year um again simply because of time constraints mm. it's it's i mean it was really hard to get enough work to show at the oll um some of the some of the consoles i was showing there was actually customers work um that mm. i took them off just so i had something to show because mm. um, it's very time consuming to, to do orders and do work alongside that i know are just for show um i almost mm. had to do like just one a month to prepare for the show Mm. Um, but I, I would like to do more in the future. Um, I'm not sure which ones or where, but, uh, it's, it's certainly on the mind. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just finding that bloody time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know <laughs> what you mean. It is. I don't have anyone else helping, you know, it's just little old me slaving away, trying to do as much as I can. Well, saying that, um, for the future of the business, where, where do you see yourself going? Do you think you maybe will expand or do it as a big full-time property and maybe take someone on or where, where do you well, see I am, I am full-time now. Um, anyway, uh, this mm-hmm. is, is what I do for a living. Um, but I would like to expand. I'd love to get someone in to help with at least prepping, you know, mm-hmm. taking consoles apart, prepping them ready to paint. Cause that, that is one of the most time consuming parts of it. Um, but it's, you know, it's getting to that stage when I can afford to pay someone mm-hmm. to do, um i also want to expand into youtube videos um or twitch whatever to actually show people what i'm doing and the process because i get a lot of people ask can you show a video of how you do this and i don't want it to be like a tutorial i don't <laughs> obviously want to show every single trick i do no. um but just a, a a sort of basic you know i've got this console what am i going to do with it talk about it a bit and go through Mm. simple steps of, of how i've got to the point and you know yeah, make you it can, you can sort of show them the tear down of, of a console and 
you know, yeah. what screws you start with to where you finish up, how you get the, the you know, the motherboard out. You can, you can show all those sort of things and, yeah. you know, without without showing your, your trade secrets, but you can then show exactly. the end product. And yeah, yeah, and so that's a good idea. Stage where I'll get a little bit of income from that as well. So I'm not mm. completely relying on doing the work. You know, mm. I'll, I'll hopefully get to a stage where I've got a, a few followers and, you know, You've got Patreon and all that sort of stuff, and yeah. and I can offer stuff with Patreon, and I don't know, it's just things that keep ticking around in the head. I I get told all the time, oh, you should do YouTube this and that, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Give me an extra day of week, and I'll and I'll do it. You know, <laughs> yes. Yeah, a lot of people think you just record and pop it up, but they don't realise you've got the editing and you've got the bits and pieces, which is yeah. it's very time consuming in itself. Little videos for TikTok or shorts that takes time. You know, it's mm, it does, it really does. Yeah, the work to sell. You know, you've got to set up the booth and the lighting, and you know, take the pictures and and then upload them and download them and uh, yes. Yeah. It's all it's all part of the process, you know. Well, we'll um we'll pop um all links to Rob in the show notes. Uh, we'll we'll pop a link into his Etsy page, his Instagram bits and pieces. So yeah, definitely if you're interested, just you know, pop Rob a message to have a look what he's got on there. If there's anything you want done, just you know, do it that way. We'll try and get um. Yeah, if Rob's busy, well, you know, I know he's busy, but, you know, we'll try and get him onto the Discord as well. And then when he has new designs or he's got new customer work, he can pop, you know, some of his pictures in um, links to cool stuff or in general nonsense on there. And you can have a look, see what he's up to. You know, you can always use it as a, you can almost use it as a little, you know, a little vlog, really. So you can see bits and pieces he's doing each week or each month whenever he wants to pop on. And we can Mm -hmm. sort of follow Rob along. And like I say, if you want, I know there's plenty of you guys out there. I'm, you know, I'm looking at you, Badder Binkster and Digital Bungry. I know you're into your your retro consoles and your custom stuff. Well, I think there's the guy guy to hit up here if you want anything done. Thank you. For sure, for sure. Um, Rob, it has been an absolute joy having you on the show. I got to ask, though, um, what is that one console, that the holy grail of consoles that you would love to, to work on that you haven't already? <sighs> that i haven't done yet do you have one i haven't really thought about that i've i've done most you've done like neo geo you ever done an aes neo geo uh i have done one but it was it was more of a refurb um okay it was just painted metallic black and i redone the the gold um text and stuff like that Mm. and shiny so I, i have done one but i haven't done a full on design on a Neo Geo, but it would it would work well because it's got a nice flat surface on it. Mm. Um, and the controllers as well, they're huge. So yeah, that would have work. You ever, have you ever done like really sort of really unique rare console, you know, like an Apple Pippin or Panasonic no, 3DO or anything like that? Um or uh the really, really wet rare ones. Um never been asked for that to be honest. Mm. Um, I do have a an old Atari um can't remember which model but it had the wood grain along the front. Twenty six hundred um, in stock. Um, if anyone was ever to to want to do anything with it, but uh, no, not nothing too obscure. Mm. Uh, someone did contact me about a, a Panasonic Q. Um, oh wow! But never got back to me, but um, mm. we did discuss doing something on that. But they're they're more consoles that I wouldn't feel comfortable. Because mm. they're sort it. of a mirrored finish anyway, yeah. aren't they? Mm. I would feel bad about doing it, you know. Mm. 
Unless they said, I'll give you a million quid, then yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, I suppose we better head on to um, what we're hoping to play this week. So we'll start with you, Rob, as, as you're the guest this week. What are you hope to play? More Tears of the Kingdom, I would imagine. Yeah, well, yeah, my, my son won't let me not do that. Uh, <laughs> I have I have got a, a new um, EverDrive for the Mega Drive. Um, mm-hmm which I've got loaded with games. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to going through and trying some Mega Drive games I've never played before. Um, mm. There's pretty much every game available on there. Mm. Um, and obviously lots of games I've never played and ones I haven't played in a long time, um, especially like the Turtles uh, games on the Mega Drive. Mm. Um, is it Hyperstone Heist? I think Hyperstone it is. Hyperstone Heist, yeah, on the Mega yeah, Drive. I've played that in years, so I'd quite like to, to get back into that again. And Pro Protector mm. or Contra in America. Yeah. Um, I'd quite like to play that again. So, yeah, I'll have a little delve into the Mega Drive library this week. Oh, fantastic. How about you, Sid? Man, um, man I've, I've... I would imagine of... you've got plenty of review codes lined up. Oh, you? for sure, for sure. But um, <laughs> Final Fantasy Sixteen is one that I, you know, due to reviews and everything like that, I kind of, I've dabbled in, but I haven't quite known gotten to to play fully i did um, mean to ask you on that did you have you played you have played some of it have you yeah yeah, I've, I've, yeah I've I, I played the demo 15. of it i was yeah. interested to see what you thought of that yeah, yeah it's really good um it is i think like a lot of criticism has been levied on it um regarding it being not quite rpg-ish like uh, like mm, the that's, tradi- that's why i want to play it because i've yeah. never really had final fantasies because i'm I can't be bothered with all the faffing, but if it's more kind of Devil May Cry, then I, I'd probably give it well, a go. I, I'm, I'm very similar to you, Rob. I was discussing this with George on last week's show. Um, I played the demo. I'm not really a Final Fantasy player. Mm-hmm. Never really got into turn-based. I struggle a bit with the yeah. games. Um, but I played a demo of Final Fantasy 16, and I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The combat is really sharp. Yes, it's it's linear where you want to go, but I I, I, I thought the story was really good. Um so I think once I've finished Tears of the Kingdom, I'm going to get into it. I think if you're not, that's a silly thing. I think the purists struggle with it. Um, but yeah. I think if you're if you're not into Final Fantasy so much, but want that mm. sort of Devil May Cry combat, but in a, a light RPG setting, then it, it's it's very good. It, it's always I, scary. I, I, you see the you see the Final Fantasy logo. I'm like, whoa, that's going to be a massive turn-based game. There's no yeah. way I can start that. It's going to ruin my life. You know, but I, I do hear that this one is more hack and slash. Type well, I, I describe this as like Game of Thrones meets Devil May Cry. That's a good. Yeah. Th- that's a good comparison. Um, what what was that, Rob? The Elden Ring type thing. No, uh, you know, Elden no. Ring. No, Elden Ring. I think is more very much RPG ish. Like Elden Ring has like classes. Oh. It yeah, build your characters. It is a uh, uh, open world. Like I would compare what you're playing with Tears of the Kingdom more so to Elden Ring, as um, except you know like Elden Ring has much better like gameplay as far as like yeah. combat and such. But um, but this is more like God of War. Um, like oh wow, yeah, this is more God of War. This is more um in the vein of Devil May Cry. This is more in a way like it even has like some Kingdom Hearts elements. Like, but uh, yeah, this is like very linear. I I I know like RGT just said um. You know, like, I think this is what's refreshing about it is that it's linear. Because I think, like, in a way that, mm. like, a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of open world games. You had the Elden Rings, you had the Tears of the Kingdom, you had all the, all like, 
games like that. This is more like straight linear, old school. Like there's going to be a cutscene every five to ten minutes. Like this is very much one of those. Like if you liked, if you grew up in like the nineties or the two thousands, where you play those story games to where like it was all about the the narrative and the gameplay, like the zippy action gameplay. I think this is a good throwback, um, a modern interpretation of that style of gameplay. That was a bit like. Um... Do you remember those uh, Castlevania games on the PS3? Uh, Lords Lord of Shadow. Shadow yeah. Like that? that was mm. fantastic. Mm. I'm el- they made another one of those. There's oh. elements of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, when I played the demo, um, Mrs. RGT, she was, because, I mean, I'd say the demo, probably 50% is cutscenes, which I know mm-hmm. sounds a bit, oh. That, sounds that is boring. Final Fantasy, isn't it? Yeah. It's full of but the story is so gripping it's really good i really enjoyed it and she just stood and watched me play the whole demo because she wanted to know what was happening in the story <laughs> yeah. she watched it as a show so yeah. i think yeah that's, movies aren't they yeah yeah so it, it and i think i think the guy who, who wrote the story is a big fan of game of thrones and mm-hmm. you can see that coming through in in in, in the game itself definitely mm. Yeah, I yeah, I think this is the most accessible Final Fantasy that they that they've ever produced. I think this is one of the I I don't think this is I know like I this is going to be like a hot take here. I don't think this is for traditional Final Fantasy players as much as much as it is like new modern um, modern day gamers who just wanted to get introduced into the franchise have elements of Final Fantasy, but not quite the extensive RPG elements that mainline fans of of that franchise are used to so it is one of those games i, I it is a, a a real like different t- like tale of the coin from like tears of the kingdom which is just an open world game you make your own adventure like i would argue tears of the kingdom has a very shallow story and this is like the complete opposite of like mm. all those things that that like really make tears of the kingdom a special game but it's special in its own way yeah, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm open to play more um, Final Fantasy 16, and you know, I I've hardly played Diablo as well, so I'm like, that's that's something I I'm kind of hoping to play a little bit more of. This series I've played to is the Diablos. Um, they've always interested me, but I've never never took the plunge um, again because it would probably ruin my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're very they're very addictive games, Diablo, and they, that's why they... I stick to retro. Yeah. It's half an hour on, half an hour off. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. RGT, what are you hoping to play this week? Um, well, as you can probably guess, being more Tears of the Kingdom, this is half a stellar all over again, Seb. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, more of that. Um, I've got a few more original Xbox titles coming this week I'm going to dabble in. Um, ones I'd never heard of, so I thought I'd try them. You never know, they might appear on my hidden gems list. Um, so yeah, it's going to be probably sort of between them, probably a bit more Forza. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be original Xbox, I think, this week. Bit of Forza, bit of Zelda. Um, yeah, and also I'll be getting my hidden gem ready again for next week for the show. Have you played, um, sorry, on the Xbox? Have you, have you played, uh, or maybe it's Xbox 360, I'm not sure, Viva Pinata? Oh, yeah. 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 Is that only yeah. the Xbox or 360? I can't remember. Uh, 360, um, 360, I think. 360, I believe, yeah. I think That's it's 360. Um, different yeah. type of game. I think George, I'll have a presenter. I think he he uh, he loved that game, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, Very Viva Pinata was, um, let's see, a rare title, I remember. Um, let's mm. see. It was released on the 360 alongside of an animated series as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I yeah. remember that being, being Re- a really popular game. Really good game. Rob, before you go, um, I got one question for you. If you can uh, recommend one game that you've played before to the audience, what game would that be? Ever. Um, golly gosh. RGT, I'm about to ask you the same question, so think modern, about it. Modern <laughs> games, um, the la- apart from Zelda, the last one I really enjoyed was the resident evil 4 remake mm-hmm. um i mean i don't even have to recommend that to people because most people who want to play it have played it but that that sucked me in big time um it didn't take long to complete but i went straight again and completed it again straight after because you get the extra bits and bobs um retro wise uh gunstar heroes um, okay. on the mega mm, great game um, fantastic game um yeah. Oh, there's, there's too many. You've caught me on the spot. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. RG, <laughs> RGT, what about you? You got one game. What do you recommend it to the audience today? Oh, if I'm going, I've had this as one of my hidden gems, but I think if I'm going, going to go a bit retro, I'll go PS1. I'll say Colony Wars because I think okay. I think Colony Wars has got something for everyone in. You know, you got your space, you got a bit of story, you've got awesome controls, you've got great combat. It's it's a very good. I know it's in space, but it's still a very good looking game for PS One, and it's really cheap. And there's three games in the series, okay. so yeah, you get on the first one, and the games get better as they go along. I think you've got Red Sun and Vengeance as well, and they're cheap to buy. They're they're great series of games. So, okay, and gotcha. if you need a if you need a PS One to play it on, well then hit Rob up and you get your own custom personalized <laughs> one. <down. laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Uh, what do you recommend? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would probably recommend people. I'm I'm always big into to stories and games that kind of like have an impactful story that kind of can can bring people in. So like I have I went back and played um Uncharted three and really I'm really enjoying my time again. Mm. It's loving loving everything i'm I'm playing of it and it really just makes me want it more uncharted if i'm being honest mm, <laughs> really uh, uncharted games they're great love yeah, them absolutely they're my favorites as uh, everyone I, knows I, I, on the discord <laughs> i'd love them to i know the new indiana jones films out which is supposed to be pants but i'd mm. love them to make a really good indiana jones game again like really put the effort into it you know because we yeah. haven't had it in so long it's one in the pipeline for yeah. Xbox. Well, there is, is there? Yeah, Microsoft is currently making one. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. We were discussing this on the show the other week. We said that, you know, if if they do it right, it could be Microsoft's Uncharted. Yeah. Know, if, I, they do it, if they do it correct. I, I am, you know, it's interesting you all say that because, like, I had... Um, I do another podcast called the Single Player Experience Podcast, and we had an episode um, where, like, we talked about if Indiana Jones is still a relevant IP enough to actually lead a mm. be a console seller in today's in today's like um, it would um, have been a gaming space. Yeah, it, you know, it, the crazy thing is, it's like I don't, you know, I could see the argument back and forth there. I do think like generational wise there is a strong generation that wants more indiana jones but i feel like like you said i don't i don't think the movies have done enough justice to where new generations care about indiana jones though no no No. it's i think you know up in the first three were such incredible films and that's a 
specific generation and the 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 crystal skull the one after that that was yeah came out too long after the last ones and it was Mm -hmm. rubbish so i think they just annoyed so many fans that they sort of jumped off the train you know um Mm. didn't really want to get back on and it sounds like they've done it again with this new film i'll still go and see it but um yeah apparently it's not great (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's Oh, yeah. guys in the discord have watched it and sort of mixed reviews and mm. it's it's one of those things to where i'm like i can clear i can see a world we live in to where like indiana jones the game comes out and it still doesn't sell and sell like or at least like have like a influx of early game pass gamers that want to play it as much as like a, a the avatar game which is coming out later this year i can see the mm. avatar game outperforming and i never thought i'd actually see the day mm. yeah it would need a lot of um a lot of advertising and a lot of um you know big youtubers pushing it and getting free copies and that sort of thing it would need a, a lot of a lot of uh, input um, with advertising i think but um mm. if you're a fan you're going to you're going to play it yeah okay. if you're not a fan you're going to need need a lot of persuasion Thing, mm. especially with things like tomb raider and like you say uncharted they are kind of indiana jones aren't they yeah um but for the modern audience so yeah at that point you almost like i almost would just argue make a new ip and just you know that way you don't have to live up to the legacy of indiana jones or like you won't like dissuade people who like oh that's not my indiana jones you know that sort of thing it's it almost feels like a lose-lose situation in that case yeah because mm. even if it's a really good game it's inevitably going to be compared to Uncharted or mm-hmm. Tomb Raider, whereas mm-hmm. they they actually took their influence from Indiana Jones. Yeah. So it's like copying the people that have copied you. It's it's weird, but it's it just depends what generation you're from and how you see it. Yeah, mm. for sure. For sure. Rob, man, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Before we go, though, where can the good people find you? Um, they can find me. Um, my main gallery um, is on Instagram um, at raw talent art but it's uh r dot a dot w dot because they're my initials talent art um twitter raw underscore talent 81 uh facebook is the same as instagram um so yeah hit me up on any of those and uh yeah you can you can find me there you can contact me there or etsy page is uh raw talent art as well um so yeah give me a message and see if we can do something for you I love it. I love it. RGT, where can the good people find you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can find me as RetroGamerThomas on Instagram or as where most people come and find me on the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, come and join Discord. We'll try and get Rob on there as well um, so you can see some of his work. If if not, I will will post his work on as it goes on there so you can see what he's doing. You can see his new products. You can see his new commission work, bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, come and check out on there. Same with, um, like I say, I don't do a hidden gem wherever guest on, but I'll be doing hidden gems again next week. So you can check out all my hidden gems on there, list of games I'm recommended for you. Let me know how you're getting on with them. And let me know how you're playing them. And don't forget, everyone, next month, August the 16th, it's a Thursday, is Timeless Games Convention in the Berry Arcade Club in Manchester. We will be there. We are present there. If you want them to go, if you want to get tickets, go on to our um, Discord. Check out, we've got a special section in there for Timeless Games Convention. You can buy a ticket through our affiliate link. By doing that, it automatically puts you in the draw. It's all free to enter the draw. There's no extra price on the ticket. It's the same price. And last year, prizes were PS5, a Switch, 
and you're entered in that for free. So if you're going to go, you might as well go in the draw as well. So buy your tickets through our affiliate link on the Discord channels. Okay, okay. Everyone, you can find me at Sebastian PNR on all your favorite social platforms. Um, you know, the all the ones that still exist and not are currently inflamed with chaos. So definitely check me out. <laughs> <laughs> definitely check me out there. In the meanwhile, you know, thank you, Rob, for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, RGT, a pleasure as always. Stay safe, stay gaming. And, you know, I can't wait to hear your in gym next week. Thank you very much. I'll see you guys. All right. In the meanwhile, we've been Sebastian. That's been RGT. That's been Rob. This has been the Unofficial Controller Podcast, and we're out. Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye.